Welcome to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes, an evolved perspective on life with dogs. Well, it's all Welcome to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. Great to be here today, as always. Not only is it a fine day to take your dog for a walk, but I'd say it's a fine day to give your dog raw goat's milk in his or her food. We love St. John Creamery raw goat's milk here in western Washington, but if you don't live in the Seattle area, you can get raw goat's milk uh, nationally at most independent natural pet stores. So take a look for that. It's a really easy and powerful way to boost your dog's nutrition. Um, One thing that I love, Eric, over the years is when listeners contact me. That's always nice to get that feedback. It is always nice. (laughs) They are listening. Uh, Even if it's just to say, hey, it's not a great day to take my dog for a walk where I'm at. (laughs) (laughs) Never get emails like that, fortunately. Oh, good, good. Um, But... More and more, I would say, um, people will reach out uh, sometimes just to thank me, which is really nice to hear. Sometimes, uh, oftentimes, uh, to request a dog show car sticker, uh, which we do have, which we can send to you wherever you are. We've even sent them to different countries. So you can email me at host at dogradioshow.com, or you can also fill out the contact form on our website, And our website, of course, is dogradioshow.com. I also have listeners who uh, email me with questions about oftentimes training behavior-related questions since that's my area of expertise and the work that I've done in the Seattle area for over 15 years. And today I have with me from Southern California, Madison, who's uh, reached out to me about her Great Dane, Sadie, And she has some really great questions slash concerns about the way that she worked Sadie uh, was the same way that she was taught to work with her first Great Dane, who has had a very different uh, personality and history. And she's concerned that those old training methods that she applied with her first dog aren't the best fit for her new dog. So we're going to get all into that. Madison is on the phone with us from California. Madison, welcome to the dog show. Hi, thank you. Hi. So you, uh, let's see. It says that you were listening to my interview with Temple Grandin and mm-hmm. um, that that really kind of got you thinking about how you've been working with Sadie, your new dog, and kind of questioning, hmm, maybe it's not one size fits all. Every dog is different. Um, You know, and that's certainly something that I say all the time to my clients and have said many times over the years on the show is that every dog is different. Every dog is different. Every dog is different. And that applies to all sorts of conversations, not just training and behavior. It can apply to nutrition and all sorts of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So you had your first... um, Great day. Now, has he since passed away? Um, no, he just, uh, he's in another country. So I had to move back to the States and didn't want to quarantine him for, you know, four weeks and didn't think that was fair. So um, he stayed, uh, he stayed overseas. Got it. Okay. So mm-hmm. you rehomed him and he's where you were. 
And now you mm-hmm. have a new um now how long your your girl is three years old, is that right? Yeah. And how long have you had her? Um, I adopted her when she was five months, so uh, you know, two and a half years. <laughs> Excuse me. Excellent. Now you said that you trained her according to the methods that you learned with your first dog. And now you're kind yeah. of thinking, <clears throat> uh, I'm not sure. So you know, you said you, there was sort of a lot of conversation about needing to be alpha with him. That he right. had, it sounds like he had a really strong presence. And it sounds like the focus of the training uh, was to, that you kind of needed to be really assertive with him. Right, yeah, just kind of getting him to be, um, it, it was really focused on, and, and I don't think that that, I mean, that training model worked for him, and that's what we were told to do by multiple trainers, probably, you know, unbeknownst to me, um, probably because they assessed his personality and determined what the issues were and that this approach would be best. But like you said, it's not one size fits all. So, yeah, he had a lot of issues with um, being able to um, respect, you know, new people that came into the picture, being given the same commands, not pulling, and really just... uh, Seemingly like taking advantage of uh, situations because he realized, oh, I don't have to listen to you, you know, no mm-hmm. matter who it was sometimes. So, right. Yeah. So you probably had to practice being a, a big presence with him to to just get his attention on you. Um, and s- because that's kind of how he was. That's Is that what he sort of required of you as you learned how to work with him was how to sort of assert yourself in a way that would make sense to him as a dog? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, I don't have to tell you, I'm sure that training is mostly, uh, what, like 95% training the human, not the dog. So yeah, um, had to learn how to address him, uh, how to present myself, even just, you know, posture, things like that. Um, so yeah. Okay. And so you've had this girl, Sadie now for two and a half years. And mm-hmm. and at what point, I mean, did you just sort of you 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 got her, and just sort of started? I you know okay, I did all this work with other trainers with my old dog, so I'm gonna kind of s- try to get going as soon as I can um, with with this new dog, and just sort of started doing what you knew to do based off of what you did with your old dog. Yeah, exactly. And everything that I had read and heard about Great Danes, I mean, I I had every reason to believe that this was like a breed-specific thing with um, them, you know, kind of knowing their size. I mean, I know people say Great Danes don't know their size and sit on your lap and everything, which is true. But, you know, that they they do understand if they're bigger than you and, you know, you need to uh, sort of manage that so that they aren't, you know, causing you or kids or older people, you know, harm and are, you know, being mindful and respectful. So, yeah, that's what I kind of tried to do with her, and it did not have a, the same results, efficacy, any, any of that. So, yeah. Okay, so how long before you stopped? <clears throat> well, well um, I guess that's kind of why I emailed you. I, 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 I backed down a lot, not really knowing how to deal with this because I noticed that, you know, Sadie's uh, a rescue. And so I, I noticed that, um, that she, it was, this training method was affecting our relationship. And so I've just kind of tried to be a little more sweet and understanding towards her. Mm-hmm. Um, and was, you know, so I, I don't know that I actually stopped completely because then I 
she probably would have totally taken advantage. Um, but I feel like I got um, results with my first stain using this method um, very early on. And then, you know, it's, it's two and a half years later with Sadie and we're still using these, um, you know, we're, I still feel like we're having to do a lot of training. Um, so, it, you know, she's not responding to it as well. So I don't, I don't know that I actually properly officially stopped at any point, you okay. know. Now, can you give a specific example of, um, you know, you sort of do something in, in the context of like a specific, a specific context or a specific training exercise, or I don't know if it's working on training or behavior or relationship dynamic, but where you, where you did with Sadie, what you did with your, with your old dog and then, and then her response that is making you think that this isn't the best fit for her. Can you give a more of a specific example of how that might look? Yeah. So, um, so uh, a lot of dogs are hard to keep off of a couch, but um, certain breeds are more prone to being couch potatoes, and I think Great Danes definitely fall into that category. So, um, you know, I've kind of learned that you need to just realize that you're going to have to give up part of your couch to this dog. So she has a blanket that covers one section of the couch and um, we call that blanket. So she knows, you know, she's supposed to know to go to her blanket when we point and say blanket. Um, sometimes she'll go just fine. Um, other times, you know, it's, it's really a fight. And then I feel like I'm in this position of, um, you know, it's, it's almost like a little kid in a way, like where, um, you almost have, you really have to follow through. If you're going to give the command, then, you know, I was told that like, you really have to follow through with that command because otherwise they're going to know in the future when you say blanket mom, you don't, you might not necessarily mean that. And it's going to be a fight every time. And I don't know if that's correct or not. Um, that could be part of, you know, what works for the last thing and doesn't for her. Um, so sometimes she will listen and go other times. It's this cute kind of fight, if you will, where she'll talk back and then, you know, kind of make a grumbling sound. She's very noisy, like a human kind of, and she'll go, you know, she'll make little grumbling sounds that she's unhappy, but go and do it. But other times she gets, and and more often than not, you know, when I, when she doesn't do it and I like stand up and kind of move towards her, um, and I don't raise my voice or anything, but I just kind of follow through. Um, she'll get very, um, her, her whole demeanor changes, like her, um, Let's see, she kind of hangs her head low and her shoulders will kind of go up a little bit and she'll kind of, um, you know, skid off to the couch. And then um, she's very, like, pushed back against the couch, like almost as far away from me as she can get. Even if I'm 10 feet away, she's trying to get as far away as possible and, and shrinks her head down into her neck. And, and you can just see it in her eyes that um, she, she looks scared. Um, and I'm, I'm not yelling or being forceful. I'm just trying to follow through with a command. Um, so kind of things, things kind of like that. Okay. Is there another example that you can give a different context just Um, for comparison? Yeah. So, um, even, you know, with walking and things like that, she's really good about not pulling, but, um, you know, she, if, you know, she, um, let's see. So I totally lost my train of thought. That's Um, okay. So if, um, if, if we're walking, she's not, she won't be pulling or anything, but then 
Um, it, it does seem that if someone new is walking her, she might kind of test those boundaries, which I think is a bit normal. And then if she's corrected, she'll kind of once again, like, point up and the shoulders come up, head is down, um, her back's like kind of arched, like her whole body manners and changes. And then uh, they're like very expressive dogs. I know a lot of dogs are, but I feel like I spent a lot of time around dogs, and I feel like uh, Great Danes are even more of they're one of those really emotional breeds and you can kind of see it in their face they have expressions and and she just looks terrified you know tail tucked so far between the legs it's like almost touching her belly um and it's like out of nowhere you know she went from being confident happy dog to um being really scared and i yeah i don't know what to do about it (laughs) and so this is in response to when you are in the sort of follow-through part of. So this will be like you've asked her to do something, she doesn't do it, and then you try to follow through, and that's when she's having this this sort of cowering response. Yeah, exactly, cowering. That is absolutely the word for it. It's, when they're that big, it seems like so much more than that. But, yeah, that's exactly what it is. So, um yeah, and it's it's not every time either, so I can't really get a baseline on what it is that is making her so upset because, you know, sometimes, you know, I follow through and it's fine and she'll do it. Other times it just scares the heck out of her, and I, you know, I'm not, like I said, I'm not raising my voice one time and not another or being more stern with her one time and not another, but it's, it's definitely in that, like, follow-through um, element. So, yeah. Okay. Um, what percentage of the time that you ask her, for example, to go to her blanket on the couch, um, what percentage of the time does she do it the first time you ask her? And you don't have to, you don't even get into this whole follow through, she then listens or not, but you don't even have to go there. She just does it first time. What percentage would you say of the time that you ask her, does she just go? Um, maybe about 40% of the time. Okay. And has that been pretty consistent because you've been working with her for about two and a half years? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, obviously, um, it, it was much lower than that when we started, um, but she's been holding pretty consistent at like 40%, um, you know, for, I guess about a year. So, yeah. So it was lower and then you kind of plateaued at 40%. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so there's a few things that that come to mind and and I've I've never met you. I've never met your dog and you know it's interesting that you you know a lot of this awareness kind of came to you out of an interview that I did with Temple Grandin and I remember one of the things that her and I shared was in we were in agreement about how you you can't Oh, people really overgeneralize. So people will be like, well, what do I do? You know, my dog is blank. What do I do? And it's like, well, I don't know. I don't, you know, who's your dog, right? And I think the, I think one of the main points of this conversation and sort of one of the things that you, you've acknowledged to me and, you know, you have awareness about now is, oh gosh, you know, this is a different dog. She could require a whole different Uh, a training approach than my first dog and and I've just kind of been doing a one-size-fits-all thing and now you're at the point where you're like okay well 
she's not performing as well as I think she could. So what am I doing that's not effective? So, you know, first of all, just to acknowledge you for getting to that point and taking that responsibility. Um, that's a really great and important step that it is our responsibility to adjust what we do based off of the results we get from the dog because the dogs will let us know over time whether we're being effective or not. So great awareness right. that you're asking this in the first place. Oh, thank so you. There's I mean, a... like... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. What were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say, like like I mentioned to you in my email, it seemed that um, the longer that this went on, the more it was kind of affecting our relationship where I would come home and I used to be greeted at the door, waggy tail, tons of kisses. Um, and now, not all the time, but um, more often now, it's like, who who is my dog? I don't even know how, how who she is anymore because I'll go home and uh, there's no dog there. And she's just kind of sitting on the couch and looks uh, just kind of, you know, doesn't even lift her head up and uh, not excited to see me. And I feel like it's really impacting our relationship. So it's like, okay, I, I need to do something about this. It's, it's our obligation to do um, the best we can for our pets, including feeding them the best we can and treating them the best we can. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So one of the, the first questions that I have for you and the first thing that comes to mind is in your, in your training approach with her from, from the get-go and then throughout the time that you've been working with her, has the focus, and this is residual from your first dog, but has your focus sort of been on follow-through? If you don't do it, I need to follow through. That's the important part of this. Was there a heavy focus, heavy focus on that's the right choice? Oh, what a good blanket. Oh, isn't that... So did you spend as much time praising her and reinforcing the right choice as you did focusing on the follow-through? Um, yes, because she's more, um, like, is more affection-motivated than food or toy-motivated. So, mm -hmm. you know, I try to make a really big deal about that when she does the right thing. Um, but, um, I mean, I, I suppose I... Um, I suppose I, I, I could probably do more of that specifically in those instances when, you know, she does, you know, when I feel like I have to follow through on the command and that she actually does her part, you know. So one of the things, to, and I'm going to kind of suggest a few different things, and it's going to depend on, you know, you're, you'll take this, take this conversation home with you and sort of digest it and, and try on these different ideas and see what, what resonates you, you might try some different things with her, see see how she might respond. Again, I've never met your dog, and so I'm, I'm kind of, uh, you know, just giving you some ideas that are coming to the top of my head as I'm listening to you. One of the things that is um, somewhat common is that, you know, in working with people and their dogs, most people know or don't have um, much confusion or complication around praise like we know how to praise our dogs there's some coaching to be maybe more constructive with it so like for example be specific rather than saying good girl you say good sit or good down or good 
good blanket or whatever the so good and then and then the word so that you're being specific so that you're reinforcing the vocabulary and also so that we make sure the dog understands and is clear about what she's getting the attention for um it but in it's not uncommon where the challenge and where people really need help is in how do I follow through (laughs) you know it's it's easy when she makes the right choice. That's the easy part. And then I praise her. Um, mm-hmm. The hard part is when she doesn't do what I ask, how do I follow through? Or if it's if it's an undesirable behavior, how do I correct this behavior? Or how do I provide a, a meaningful consequence to this dog in a way that is fair, appropriate, in a way that she will understand as a dog and in a way that is um, a level that's appropriate for her individual sensitivity. That's the mm-hmm. part where people oftentimes really have need coaching because it's unclear. There's a lot of confusion about corrections in the industry in general, and every dog is different. And it's probably the most important way that every dog is understood as an individual in the context of training and behavior. But because that part is harder, we tend to focus on it more and maybe forget about like the praise part because that's easy, almost taking that for granted. So one thing that I would just take home with you and, and, and notice about how you work with her is that do you focus more heavily? And what I would recommend is that you focus more heavily on just maybe setting her up for success with doing, instead of just using, you know, to go back to this example of the couch, um, is is the sort of command that you use, like, go to your blanket? Is that what you actually say? I, I just tell her blanket. Blanket, okay. So yeah. when you say, so doing, you know, are you, are you telling her blanket kind of just in life, or are you doing devoted and they can be very short they could be it could be like a five minute session but are you doing devoted sessions where you're just doing repetition easy repetition and just reinforcing it it's sort of like um uh tuning up like you're uh keeping your your scissors you're keeping your knives sharp kind of like you don't just use them uh when you need them but you might take some time to kind of sharpen them so that when you do need them they work well for you so I'm just right, yeah. I'm I'm just wondering if if the we want actually more of your time and energy to be spent on praising her for the right choice and then and then yes there is follow through if she decides meh I'm not going to do that I don't feel like it you can be like no blanket and and follow through and just show her that you're not going to go away so that would be one thing to just kind of try on uh, just real quick do you feel like there's anything there or do you feel like you really do focus a lot on praise? Um, well, I think that, you know, something, it's a good point that you kind of make and I guess kind of expand on it a little bit where, you know, admittedly I probably could improve is when, you know, when she, when I give her the command and she does it, that's easy to praise her for. Right. And then if she doesn't and I have to follow through, then, you know, admittedly, as a dog owner, you're, like, trying so hard to not appear frustrated and to not raise your voice and to keep all those things in check. And so then finally when they go and do it, 
um, you know, if I really think hard about it, you know, I, I really could be better about giving her praise in those instances. It's just I'm 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 frustrated that I'm having to do this, you know, because we've been at it for like two and a half years. So it's like, come on, you know what I want you to do. Like, just go do it, you know. So, um, you know, if I if I really, you know, self-examine, um, I, I probably could be better at at giving her praise in those times when she's making me follow through. Um, and kind of switching gears and being like, okay, no, like, don't, don't be frustrated with her. Uh, yep. She did what you wanted and, and give her praise for that. So yep. um, I think, I think that's valid. And, and we actually did a couple months ago when we would do, um, you know, short little training sessions with treats and things like that. Um, um, I did start incorporating into that, you know, bed, blanket, things like that, that are just everyday things that I asked her to do so that she understands you know, this is what this command means, and this is the good behavior, the, the uh, reward that goes with that, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I, I think that's, uh, I think the, the praise element is um, definitely something I could Im- improve on. Okay. So I have, um, so I have a, no- a whole nother thing to, to kind of check out, but we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm talking with Madison, who is a listener in Southern California. We're talking about her three-year-old Great Dane Sadie and Madison is questioning um, the methods that she used with her first Great Dane, who is a very uh, strong presence male, uh, a lot of focus on follow through and being assertive and 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 that she's thinking this dog isn't responding as well to those methods. And is it is it not a one size fits all kind of thing? And so what can she do to adjust and improve not only the performance of her dog, but also her relationship with her dog? So. We'll be back in just a few minutes. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. Once I had a little dog, I called him Cracker Jack. He had a spot around one eye that looked just like a patch. His legs were way too long and he was awkward as could be. He wasn't much to look at, but he looked all right to me. Looking for an easy way to give your dog's food a boost in nutrition? Or maybe your dog has a sensitive digestive tract, itchy skin, or is just a picky eater. We've had such great success feeding St. John Creamery raw goat's milk to our pack, and I recommend it to my clients all the time. You can get raw goat's milk for your dog all over the country, but if you live in Western Washington, be sure it's St. John Creamery you reach for in the freezer section of your local independent pet supply store. You can also pick up your milk at drop locations around the area. Visit stjohncreamery.com to learn more. That's stjohncreamery.com. Your dogs will love you for it. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to the Northwest School of Animal Massage on Vashon Island, we cover the world of animals. This week, April 23rd, it's a Behavior Training and Healing Sunday with me. As an animal behavior therapist and trainer, I can help you understand your animal friends and resolve any problems you've got going on. So plan to give me a call with your questions or call in about any animal-related topic on your mind. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Coming up April 24th on Conversations Live with Zicky St. Clair. The Vegetarian's Guide to Eating Meat. Yes, you heard that right. Part memoir, part journalism, Marissa Landegran explores an alternative way of eating that's sustainable and ethical. Join us every Monday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, and during Friday morning drive time at 6 a.m. 
Connect with Vicki on Twitter at Vicki St. Clair and on Facebook. Follow Conversations Live with Vicki St. Clair and catch up on podcasts at conversationslive.net. Eric, people ask me to help them with all sorts of doggy challenges. I can only imagine. Oh yeah, dogs jumping on guests, new puppy questions, behavioral challenges like fear and aggression, even dog food sensitivities, you name it, and I've probably worked with it. But can you help people even if they don't live in Seattle? Absolutely. I've had great success with phone consultations and have even Skyped with people and their dogs from all over the country. Every dog should be approached as a unique individual. I've talked about this over and over again on the show. That's one of the parts of working with dog training and behavior that I love the most. Every client is different. If you're listening and you need help with your dog, just get in touch. I'd love to get you pointed in the right direction and answer all of your questions. Email me, host at dogradioshow.com. That's me, Julie Forbes, host at dogradioshow.com. I look forward to connecting. Wait, dogs can use Skype? We're really living in the future. (laughs) Get inspired every hour right here on Alternative Talk 1150. And now back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. I snapped my fingers, whistled when he came, I picked him up. I was just a kid and Cracker Jack was just a pup. Nice one, Eric. Always nice to hear Dolly's voice. Welcome back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes, and we are back talking with Madison, who is a listener who emailed me some really great questions about how she has been working with her dog and is thinking that the way that she's working with her dog, um, which is the same way she worked with her first dog, who was a very different dog, even though they are the same breed, which is Great Dane. Um, She's thinking that this isn't really jiving with her female now and is wondering what can she do to repair the relationship because she's not liking how the dog seems a little more uh, less excited when she gets home, kind of feeling like their connection is maybe suffering as a result of, of the way that she is working with her. Madison, welcome back. Thank you. So if you've uh, missed any part of this show or any of our over 420-something episodes, you can find them all archived on our website, dogradioshow.com. Also a free podcast on iTunes, and we post all of our interviews through SoundCloud to our Facebook page as well. So be sure to find us on Facebook, too. Just search for The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. So we talked about in the first part just making sure that you are um, really focusing on the right choices that she's making in the context of training and not just focusing on how to follow through or the correction or the response to if she doesn't do what you ask. That's common for people to do. It doesn't, it sounds like you've, you've sort of uh, uh, recognized that maybe sometimes you get frustrated and that that is not productive and that maybe you could do a better job of staying neutral as you follow through. And I think that's really great awareness. Um, but it also sounds like you 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 have been at least to a degree really kind of communicating to her when she does make the right choice and and kind of showing her that but maybe doing some more um intentional just training exercises rather than just using uh expecting her to do it when you need it in life so kind of pu- pulling it out um in in training um but i'm thinking now so it's a good base to cover, but I'm thinking that's not what this is all hinging on. So 
Now, her temperament, she's she you you uh, got her from sort of a rescue situation. She was neglected. Um, mm-hmm. You're not sure, but maybe she was also mistreated uh, regardless, though she has uh, a bit of a timid, maybe skittish personality. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Very sensitive. Very sensitive. Um, so a, a few things then. Um, one thing that I'm thinking is, so can you give me, so when she, we've been ta- using the context specifically of when Madison asks her to, to go to her blanket, which is on a part of the couch that is Sadie's part of the couch, um, and Sadie doesn't, you know, she she ha- she responds about 40% of the time, and then 60% of the time she doesn't do it. And then you uh, go into sort of follow-through mode. And that is when, and not every time, but that is when you really see this sort of fearful response from the dog, where she's sort of cowering or... Oh, you know, trying to get away from you or, or, you know, um, dropping her head, putting her tail between her legs, that kind of thing. Can you, Mm -hmm. can you give us more detail of, I mean, I know you said that you're not like yelling and stuff, but you did say that you feel frustrated. Um, but what are you actually doing like with your body? What Um, does follow through look like? So, um, you know, I'll tell her again. Um, maybe even a third time. And then, you know, if I'm like sitting at the kitchen table or something, I might stand up and not aggressively. So, but just kind of stand up and be like, look, like if I have to follow you over to the couch and point, I'm going to kind of, but, um, I just kind of stand up and then, um, I'll tell her again. And, um, and then usually she'll, she'll do it, you know, or I might have to take like a step towards her. So, um, which now that I'm saying that sounds very in your face, but but my my tone and everything is is calm. I just don't know how many more times I can tell her the same command, doing the same thing without getting uh, some sort of a response. Or um, I've kind of taken to this um, point and snap kind of thing to kind of like get her attention as well. Mm-hmm. Um, meaning, you know, I'm I'm serious. Like you need to go and do this. And sometimes it'll also just be like a, a facial expression that I'll give her mm-hmm. of um, you know I I really mean this. Um, cause I want to convey that to her without raising my voice, you know? Okay. And if you're like at the kitchen table and you point to the blanket and, and is that in a different room or just across the room? Um, it's just across the room. Yeah. Okay. So it's across the room and 40% of the time in that specific context from the kitchen table across the room, she has done it. Yeah. Okay. So there's no question that she knows what you mean. Exactly. Okay. Um, Because that that actually, that training process to teach a dog to go to a rug or to go to anything from across the room, oftentimes people sort of jump to that too quickly and there's kind of steps in between. So just wanted to make sure that she actually understands what it is you're asking her to do. So she is doing it 40% of the time, then she does have at least an idea of what you're asking her to do. Uh, It sounds like she does understand it. Um, So couple things and these are kind of two two separate possibilities 
And again, I've not met this dog. I've never been in her presence. I've never worked with her. I've not seen what you do. So this is, again, I'm just kind of uh, giving you a lot of ideas to kind of take home and and sit with and see what resonates, maybe try some different things with her. Um, so I'm not necessarily saying it's, it's all of these things. I'm just giving suggestions, and these will hopefully help other people, too, who might be in, in your shoes as well. Um, Absolutely. One thing is that uh, with, it, it might be a thought process kind of thing. So in just repeating the command, um, you know, blanket, and then she doesn't do it, blanket, she doesn't do it, blanket, she doesn't do it, blanket. So is that kind of like it's you're saying the word, you ask her, she doesn't do it. You say it again. She doesn't do it. You say it again. Is that how it's going for you? Yeah, I do give her an opportunity. I don't just, um, I, cause I, I, I once been told that, you know, I was in an ideal situation that you want to give the dog the command one time because they should do it the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, maybe I might throw in there something like, come on, Sadie, you know what I want you to do. Um, you know, mm-hmm. but try to like reason with her. Um, but, but yeah, that's, I mean, how long do you wait before you repeat the command or say something else or give her any input at all? So you say, you know, okay, Sadie, blanket. And then. Um, I mean, gosh, I would say maybe like 15 seconds, which I guess doesn't sound like that long. But no, it feels like a long time. time. <laughs> no. yeah, exactly. yeah, I know. At first I wanted to say 30 and I was like, no, that's not right. That's way too long. So, okay. yeah, about 15 seconds or so. Okay. And then, so you are giving her, most people don't give the dog any time to have any sort of thought process. So it's just input in blanket, 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 come on, blanket, blanket. And it's just like, whoa, 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 slow down. So you're saying blanket, looking at her, she's just looking back at you. Right. And because I know sometimes she'll sit there and look at me for a second and kind of what you were saying with the thought process. If I say it once, sometimes she'll look at me for a second and Mm -hmm. let out a little bark and then turn around and go to her blanket. So Mm -hmm. I... It, it, you can almost like see that happening with her. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so. And then 40% of the time you guys, you say it, you're looking at each other and then she does it. And then mm-hmm. 60% of the time she doesn't do it. What does she do when she doesn't do it that initially? So she hasn't done it. What is she doing? Just standing there looking at you? Um, a, a couple different things. So sometimes she'll just stand there and look at me. Other times she'll take a couple steps back, like towards the blanket, but she won't go onto it. Um, other times she'll go over to her blanket and put one paw on it and just stare at me. Um, and then other times she just kind of stands there and barks at me. Um, so like, a couple different responses there. <laughs> okay. So from what that sounds like to me, and I haven't met your mm-hmm. dog, is that she is sort of giving you attitude that's exactly yeah that's exactly what it uh what it feels like yeah (laughs) so attitude back at you of course is not desirable right so this isn't Mm -hmm. sort of what we aim for (laughs) in the training relationship so i'm not saying that like oh there's nothing there's nothing you know nothing that needs to be adjusted she's just giving you attitude Mm -hmm. um you know that lets us know that there certainly are some adjustments that could probably be made to sort of, okay, well, what is motivating her to be that way with you? 
Um, and so general, 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 but there's value in generalizations because there's some, uh, you know, reason why we, we, we make them. Uh, female dogs can be a little harder to work with than male dogs. There's a reason why the slang term for female dog, you know, came, came into, you know, you know, to describe women, willful women. Um, so it sounds like that that's kind of where the dynamic has gone sideways. It's like two, two bitches squaring off and one is like, you know, you listen to me and she's like, no, I'm not going to do it. And you're like, yes, you are. And she's like, no, I'm not. And she's going and like putting a paw on the blanket. Like, how about this? What do you think about that? Which, you know, how's your follow through working for you now? Right. Yeah. Totally taunting me. Exactly. Yeah. So it sounds like she's maybe needing a little more. She's maybe feeling because of the way that you had sort of this alpha male. Great day in alpha male. And your whole thing was sort of in what you were taught by the other trainers and multiple trainers that you worked with, with him was sort of, you know, really sort of structure, structure, structure and, and, and rigid and assertive and, you know, follow through and kind of like that, you know, hard mm-hmm. drawing hard lines. And she's like, excuse me, you know, I there is more to me than that. Right. Right. Totally. So um, and that's a that's a losing battle. I mean, that's the hardest in the dog world and I think in the human world as well. When you have two females that are kind of head to head, they don't just kind of duke it out and get it over with, like to generalize, like, you know, male dogs will just sort of blow off steam and then they're like, okay, we're cool now. We settled that. Like we kind of, you know, duked it out. Right. Females, it's, it's, it's different. Mm -hmm. So I actually don't think that now she's having this cowering response, which is a little con- uh, sort of contradicts this testiness. So she tests you. And then if you do get up to follow through or sort of stand up, move towards her, maybe get a little firm with her, then she gets cowery. Yeah, exactly. OK, so I know that this is. not going to go over well with some people and you've just got to listen to the whole context of the show before you freak out if you're listening <laughs> not you Madison right. but the the do- world of dog training is very 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 sensitive mm-hmm. um and I'm going to say something after this that's going to balance it out but in some cases and this is why it's so important to know the individual who you're working with In some cases, and I think I have only ever witnessed this with female dogs, and it's actually very brilliant, is that sometimes they can use submission to be manipulative. That's exactly what I was going to ask you, because as you were putting this together, I was like, oh, and she is very manipulative, and if a baby can be manipulative, which I think a lot of people know that that's kind of true, too, then it makes sense that that a dog would be able to do that as well. Well, I would say if a woman can be manipulative, a female (laughs) dog can be manipulative. I don't know about babies so much, but (laughs) um, 
So now this is not resolved with just, you know, hard follow through because that's just kind of what's caused, maybe not what's caused it, but what certainly contributed to this kind of stalemate that you're in with her. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, and it's a it's it's one that you have to again. And it sounds like it's resonating for you and what she's doing she moves a little bit towards the rug or she goes to the rug and puts one paw on it and then looks at you and you're giving her time to make the choice. So again, Mm kind of coming back to, are you reinforcing her enough positively for the right choices? Um, Because otherwise, if it's just kind of getting negative, like training's no fun, mom just gets frustrated. She's like, "Uh, uh, uh, do this. And I'm like, you know what? This isn't fun. I don't want to do this. So I'm going to be manipulative. And then when she... You know, and it can happen where where maybe if you got strong with her because of her background, maybe she did have a bit of a fear response. And then I don't know. Did you back off? Oh, I'm so, oh, my gosh, you're afraid. I'm sorry. And then you backed off. And then she was like, oh, well, that worked. Right. Yeah. No, so, exactly. Because you, you feel terrible. Right. Well, yeah, of course you don't want you. Of course, you don't want to have you're like, oh, my gosh, you're cowering. Now, right. sometimes that can be a result of something called training neurosis, where the dog is actually confused. They don't know what you're yeah, talking about. Ask you, what is the They're, desired behavior at that point? Is it that we're supposed to do this song and dancing game before I go to my blanket, and that's what I'm being reinforced for? Or is it that I'm supposed to go to the blanket and I did it? Well, it's you. it sounds like it's a motivation, it like kind of a relation, like a working dynamic motivation issue. You want her to go to the blanket and do what you ask, but you're asking her, a separate individual, to listen to you because you said so, but she has her own will, right? Right. So I just think that the working relationship has gotten funky. I don't think that, and so, you know, from the tone of your email, I think you were coming from a place of feeling concerned that you are have, like, maybe traumatized her or you know, been too much for her. But I think she's kind of like, I'm not really into this 60% of the time. And I'm going to test you. And then if sometimes you get frustrated, the thing with that is that it lets the dog know that you don't feel like you have control. So acting frustrated or panicky or frantic or angry or anything like that. And that's a tough one because sometimes you feel frustrated. I mean, Working with dogs is a really great exercise in patience and sort of like Zen, you know, I have all day and I will just, <laughs> nothing's wrong. You know, right. you're, you're, we're just figuring this out and the value is in the process, not the, not the destination, you know, the journey, not the destination, that whole, and all that's really great. But in real life that, you know, that can be actually hard to do sometimes. Maybe you've had a bad day or you don't feel well, or you're taking it personally, or you're feeling, um, upset that your relationship feels sideways and that's what you're you know upset about but it's coming up so and dogs are just masters at reading all of that from us so she as as soon as you get a little frustrated but you're trying to hide it but it comes out a little bit and there's just a little bit of an edge it's going to come change Mm -hmm. and really subtly and how you're holding your body it's going to come out subtly in your tone maybe you even smell different i mean you know who knows what they're picking up on but everything Right. So what now do you work with her outside of obedience training? Um, in terms of 
nose work, puzzles. Do you work with her just for fun? Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess I suppose she doesn't really have, uh, I guess not puzzles. I mean, she, I mean, she gets lots of exercise. We play soccer with her. She, um, I don't know, I like hide treats. So I guess that's a little bit of work, you know, and she has to like sniff it out and find it. But, um, I guess that that's probably about it. Okay. So we want to, I think that one of the main things that I would really focus on to get you to another place with this because it's, it's, mm, I mean, sometimes dogs will just work out of things easily and I'll be really pleasantly surprised where I'll think Mm -hmm. "Mm, this could take a while. And then the dog's like, Oh, you know, no, no worries. And you just kind of move forward. And it's like, Oh my gosh, I didn't think that they would shift that quickly. Sometimes they do, but sometimes Mm -hmm. it can take a little bit too. And you guys have this kind of practiced dynamic with each other. And so how quickly she shifts that, um, of course, one will depend on your consistency, but also just her as an individual. And it's just a matter of kind of seeing how that goes. Um, physical activity with her, playing with her stuff, that's all really good. So what I would focus on is minimizing, try to not... Um, get into those interactions as much as possible. So we want to, for now, as we're trying to kind of turn this, turn this boat around kind of thing, you know, um, Mm -hmm. we want to really try to minimize these interactions where you guys are head to head. So it's, it's, you know, you said 40% of the time she listens. So if you do 10 repetitions, six of those times, she's going to be testing you. And that's, that's a majority of the time. So, you know, when you need to when when you're wanting her to go to her blanket maybe stop asking her i mean throw her a curveball i don't want you to go to your blanket i don't even care about the blanket anymore i'm not even going to ask you for it and then what okay. you do is just when she's on her blanket you can be like oh what a good blanket look at you and like really like cuz she's got some attitude so you want to be like aren't you you know the smartest thing ever uh-huh. Good blanket, but you don't ask her for it. Mm-hmm. You just acknowledge when she's done it, but you don't ask her for it. So we've got to kind of change it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then really focus on, you know, if you need her to do something for some reason, just bring her over to it. Like, don't ask her from across the room. Just go back to, like, beginning steps of training and just like bring her over to it oh good job so that you're not getting into these head-to-head tension things right right and then play with her as much as you can so silly play um i don't know if she likes to play with toys play with her with toys Mm -hmm. um you said you kind of play soccer with her do that stuff with her that's physical specifically though we want we want you to work with her work mentally with her in a way that is fun only it's only for fun i don't care what you know the outcome doesn't matter to me we're just in this together we're just checking this out so a a little further than you know hiding treats is a great thing to do but she's just kind of doing it on her own so nose work is actually scent detection training for fun so okay. it's it's a team effort where 
she's not you've you've not just gone and hidden treats around and then it, she just goes and finds them and that's fun for her. But nose work it actually brings you into it where she goes finds something, and then once you progress it enough, the dog is actually letting you know that she's found something, and then you're like, oh my gosh, so good. And it's a okay. really, really, really powerful thing. There's there's hopefully um, no, a nose work class that you could get her into in your area. Um, it's it's a you know certainly nationally available. Um, you know, just look for a certified nose work instructor in your area. Nose work classes. You can probably even if there's no nose work classes anywhere in your area, you just can't get to it. I'm sure there's even stuff on. Um, you know, online courses or YouTube channel with it or something like that that you could do with her. Um, also, like puzzles, like um, there's all sorts of different games. And I know you said she's not terribly food motivated, but I don't know if you can make the treat valuable enough. You know, if it's like I, I like to use uh, this like freeze dried lamb green tripe from canine natural and it really stinks but the dogs really love it she loves that stuff yeah. okay perfect so use that yeah. stuff you know use it's about motivation so fun is motivating but also like she wants to get paid she's like you know so you don't want to bribe her you don't want to get into this habit of bribing her to do stuff like here just do it for the treat we want to focus on your relationship with her but certainly pay her sometimes. Oh, what a good, you know, when she's on her blanket and you just see her on there on her own, have like a little dish of those tripe treats out and you just grab some treats and go over there and give her a bunch of tripe treats. Wow, look at you, you're on your blanket. And she's like, cool. So it's going to change the change the tone of it. Um, okay. There's these different puzzles. There's this brand called Trixie Dog. Uh, one of them is a poker box, it's called. It's a It's a red and yellow box with like four different squares and each square is a different task like one is a flap she has to lift open a, a second one is a drawer she has to pull out there's a whole bunch of different types of puzzles games those types of things that you can um, do to work with her and it's just for fun so the thing about this type of training you're at you're working with her and that's key you, she's mm -hmm. using her brain but it's there's no correction there's no follow through. It's just all for fun. And right. so to kind of change, change the tone. And then, like I said, mix it up too. like, don't ask her to go to her blanket for a while and then just, just, um, pay her when she's on it on her own. And you're like, Oh, wow. And, um, cause I, th I think she is actually just kind of giving you some attitude and she's just demanding a little more depth in in working relationship which of course I can appreciate because I wouldn't want to be worked with in that way either like you know go do this and I'd be like hmm, why right so or I was doing something else I don't want to go do that right yeah now. <laughs> exactly why are you asking me for this I don't want to do it right. um so just kind of really trying to tap into that motivation and get you guys having fun together raise that kind of vibration of of your guys's working relationship and it might take a little bit of time because you've been working with her in this way for, you know, two and a half years. Um, but keep me posted. And we are I told you this was going to go by fast. We're actually at the end of the show. But Madison, keep me oh posted and we'll check in with you and see how it's going. And I'll definitely give our listeners an update as well. Thank you so much for emailing me your question. You can fill out the contact form dogradioshow.com if you have a question you'd like answered on air. Thanks for listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes.
You've been listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes, Wednesday afternoons at 2 on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Never miss another episode. Listen to our podcast online at dogradioshow.com or download them for free on iTunes or SoundCloud.